0: Subscribe on iTunes at Toddcast Podcast. Right on, man. Well, thank you for doing this. This is a while in the making. I think we've been poking each other for a few years now to get this uh, get this rolling.
1: I know, totally.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, so right re- uh, out, out of the uh, gate, before you're into tunes and stuff, um, like what what are your what are your parents playing in the house in the Will's house as a kid growing up? What are you What are you being influenced by?
1: Oh, uh, what, what am what am I playing?
0: No, well, yeah, for your kids, I guess. But no, I was saying like when you were a little. kid. Oh, there you go.
1: Um, I'm trying to rename myself. You know who I am. You know I'm not my son Falcon.
0: Um, Falcon, yeah, no,
1: yeah. Um, <laughs> he's at school. Um, you know the 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 first thing that I I really remember about uh, digital media was the f- fact that uh, we had a little Texas Instruments thing that you could program. You know, it was like kind of sock. You know, like I don't know you if you spoke DOS or whatever, you could make it do shit. And yeah. my brother wrote a code from a book, but wrote a code, uh, that made a ball and then, well, oh, that's kind of cool. Reflection, Yeah. made these balls on my arm and then, uh, and then made them bounce like on, on the screen. It was so cool. And it blew my mind. And then, you know, we were playing like adventure, you know, where you're a, a, a fucking brick running around this, you know, <laughs> this maze where everything's the same looking room where they change colors and the doors on a different side or it's top on the, yeah, so, and that was fun, too, you know, finding, like, that Easter egg that was the, uh, one of the programmer or designer's names was, like, the first Easter egg in, in any video game. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, that kind of type of shit. And then, you know, we had great arcades in, in Omaha um, that I still weep that they're not there anymore um, because I'd love to take my kids there to the, you know, loud-ass, smoky. Just, I know, right? Just, Big yeah, roll of
0: quarters and way wasteland.
1: we go. Yeah, so much fun. So yeah, it was stuff like that. It's pretty typical '80s stuff. I was born in '74.
0: Right, and and what's what is the music then in the house then? Like, is it what? What are your parents playing when you're a little kid?
1: How yeah, my parents didn't play that much. I, they hate. Really? They, they hate when I say this. Yeah, That's but I crazy, think that yeah. I was what's that? That's crazy. Yeah, it, it came off crazy to me too. Um, yeah, but I don't remember music really being in other people's houses too. You know, it was like something you'd do in the car. Mm. But at home, it was more quiet. Uh, we had an eight-track player. We had Great Eagles' Greatest Hits. Uh, we had The Muppets Christmas. Uh, we had a couple other things, but yeah, there wasn't a lot of music laying around. Hmm. And I rem- I remember um, I I like my stepdad made me rent his radio from him for like you know cents on the day just to kind of teach me some economy and capitalism bullshit, and uh, and and then I could have music in my room. So I would listen to. You know, 92.3 which was like a rock station in Omaha um, and avoid like the pop station because it was so so poppy yeah. But, um, but yeah that was kind of my start and then we had tape players and yeah me and my brother actually introduced music into the house more than anybody and my brother's like my biggest musical influence because he taught me about essentially like crate digging. Uh, find finding great stuff that no one else is listening to and then teaching other people about that and then learning from them what they're into. It's kind of like your your Q&A that you're, you're pulling me through. So, yeah it's, yeah, just, yeah, it's just like that. Like and then he picked up the saxophone when I was like uh, six or seven, something like that. And he and and that was that was the end. I was like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to do that, too. You know, I'm going to I'm not going to I'm not going to blow tunes, but I'm going to play music for sure.
0: Yeah what was your first concert
1: um first concert excuse me was a talent show cheers Cheers. in uh in omaha nebraska where we played um uh taste the pain from uh, chili peppers the say anything soundtrack what's that
0: not the chili Chili peppers Peppers. Peppers. taste taste of pain yeah
1: yeah such a song so much fun. yeah it was great it was me uh, the original guitarist from Three Eleven, Jimmy Watson, who's now an amazing brewer in Omaha. He's got a company called Pint Nine. Uh, oh, cool! They make great, they make great everything. He's a badass. Um, and then a drummer named Ray Porter, and we actually played under the moniker. We were called the the Three Eleven Band.
0: No, really, serious? Uh, cool, yeah, man.
1: And that was like, you know, I don't know, eighty eight. Wow. Possibly.
0: Right. What was the first oh. show that you saw? Like, what was the first concert you went to?
1: First show that I saw was the Red Hot Chili Peppers, too. Wow. Yeah, I saw the Red Hot Chili Peppers in this, what was, uh, we didn't even really know how cool it was while it was going on, but it was a bowling alley, a radio station, an arcade, a gig, uh, you could play <laughs> volleyball in the back. Of course, it was a bar. It was five bars, you know, it was it was all those things put together. And it was just amazing. We would go hang out at the Ranch Bowl, just to go play pinball you know and uh, and the Terminator two machine especially and the Adams family when that was out and just um yeah, it was just so much fun so yeah, I went there when i was I was I guess I was fifteen and it was uh it was like winter and it was snowing and there was a blizzard and I got pulled out of the concert I got horse collared out of the out of my first show by my brother on uh you know on On a command from my mom and my stepdad to kind of drag us out of there before it got, you know, before I got stuck there, which would have been fucking awesome. Get (laughs) totally right. Club with the chili peppers when they're like just coming up. It was was John Frusciante's first tour. I remember he was 18 and he proceeded to moon the audience uh, after someone was giving him some some shit. He dropped his pants and turned his ass to the to the crowd. And I was like, oh, man.
0: (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And and so that that wouldn't have been Chad Smith, that would have been like Jack Irons.
1: I think it was Jack Irons still. Yeah. I, I honestly, I don't, I don't. Yeah. It definitely wasn't Chad.
0: Yeah. You have two kids.
1: Yeah. I got two boys. How old are they? Falcons 11 and Clay is seven. He'll be eight in November.
0: Okay. Yeah, both same distance of mine. Do, do they know that dad is a, is in a famous band? Do they know that now?
1: I think they know that they know yeah. it in a, in a way or another. I mean, they know it from their mom. Being like, hey, don't wear three eleven (laughs) hats. Don't wear three eleven shirts to school.
0: You don't wear that shit. Yeah,
1: stuff like that. But they do anyway.
0: I let my kids wear Toddcast ball caps to school. Like, why not?
1: Yeah, why not? I don't see any problem with it. I mean, there's, there is a thing in the school since we're in Los Angeles. um, You know, there's like people who work for Dream uh, DreamWorks and Pixar, and you know, there's bands and, and stuff like that. So it's kind of like a a low key, just kind of keep it down let the kids be kids, not yeah. live in the shadow of their, of their incredibly cool parents.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: But it's also a resource too. Like, I don't, I mean, I don't see it as totally negative um, because I don't know, we did this ourselves, you know, and the same thing with all the, the animators and the filmmakers. And, you know, I think that's why we're here in town. I think that's why we, we gravitate towards each other as we're creative people. And we like learning from each other. So I don't know, right. maybe it's not, it's not totally appropriate in the kid platform, but, it's not totally inappropriate too. I hear
0: hear what you're saying on that same wavelength. Like what do you credit three longevity in the music industry to beyond of course, the great tunes? Like what is it about your band that continues to just plow through?
1: Yeah. I mean, if it was, if it was just tunes, if it was just tunes for like tune's sake, if we were tune Smiths and not, you know, philosophically sound in our, in our own beliefs and pushing out a, a narrative that is uplifting i think those those underlying factors are really important to our longevity and have pretty much everything to do with the community that we built up and the support that we still find you know in in boatloads around the country yeah countries. and,
0: and how, how much longer do you think uh you guys will be at or i know it's a fucking stupid question but like has the pandemic made you guys rethink the game at all uh, a little bit. I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure everyone
1: did their own little kind of mystical journeys through, you know, what, who am I and what am I what am I doing here? And what's the future of this? But yeah, I see. I mean, at least 10 more years. Mm. Uh, every, everyone's kind of turning 50 this year, except for me.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, I'm ageless. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, I can't really see it going too much further past like, you know, as far as like the schedule that we're on now, I don't I don't see us really ever stopping. Uh, I see taking breaks. Uh, I like learning from the, you know, the Rolling Stones about how, you know, like, if you say you're retired and you don't retire, it, it kind of doesn't look that good. Just say mm-hmm. you're taking a break. You know, I don't, I don't think really any musicians have, have fully retired unless they physically had to, or, or just had a total change of heart. I think most of us just need a break, you know, cause it's, it's really difficult. And this last tour, these 30 some odd shows that I'm winding down, uh, got one today i uh, got six shows left on this tour. Mm. It was pretty exhausting. You know, it was, it was physically really difficult because we're only older and we're a little bit out of the routine of doing shows from having a 15-month break, by far the longest break we've ever had in 31 years. So, um, yeah, it was difficult like that, but emotionally it was, it was a lot to carry around because we're all dealing with our own bullshit and so is everybody else. And the audience, I, I think, I really feel like they they projected that to to us like they they trust us with those feelings and and we and we do the same you know it's it's recipro- reciprocal and uh, it's also a lot to carry on too so yeah you're laughing at my Re- pronunciation
0: reciprocal i think
1: I, yeah there you go I'm, i made you go. i made it ive i tried to we, say we gotcha. to instagram too and i and i said it wrong we
0: gotcha. but
1: yeah it's uh it's all about the positive message and it's all about um, you know, they support us now. I don't, I don't know yet that, that's, that's a part of that circle, which is an easier way to say that concept, um, that we've lifted them up. They've gathered, they, they, they're their own community, not with or without us, but it, but it exists outside of, you know, what we do. It doesn't really matter what we do. They've got their own thing going on. That's 311 centric. And now we're motivated by their positive positivity and them saying like, don't quit, you know, keep going. We, we need you. And, that means the world, you know. That gets me out of bed in the morning.
0: Yeah, it's like how cool is it that your music lives lives on? Like it, it yeah. will live on. It right. will live yeah. on.
1: It will. It will. And people will pass on the message um, from positive bands and and whatever. Like if you've got a grind, you know, an axe to grind, a grind to axe. Oh my God. Um, if you've got you know some tension to get out, that that'll last too. You know, people. The 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 totality of existence is within our artistic sphere as I draw circles again. Um, And you got to feel it all. We just represent that kind of bright side of things, you know, for for the most part, because when we came up in the nineties, it was, there was none of that. You know, it it seemed like everyone was so down. There were so many junkies in the scene, you know, it's, it's such a, it was an ugly philosophy to kind of push around North America. So, and, and that was also our favorite music, but it wasn't like we were going to let those influences change who we are because we're just, I don't know, we're, we're going to roll through the problems. We're going to find a positive solution. We're going to, we're not going to burn the house down because we can't find the salt.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, okay. So I, 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 asked you to retweet yesterday and you did, and, and I got a bunch of questions.
1: Good. Oh, very oh, nice. Yeah. Good question. Nice.
0: So let's plow through uh, some of these uh, three eleven fan questions. Greg wants to know what are you binge watching lately? Mm. Great question.
1: That is a good question. Very very modern. Nice. <coughs> Let me gather myself. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I'm been watch binge watching the fourth season of Fargo on uh, on uh, Hulu through. Oh, you are, eh? Yeah like yeah exactly um, god damn it's good I love all of the seasons and I love living in that world but this fourth season with Chris Rock and uh, what is it Jason Schwartzman is just incredible I think I think I don't know if it's the best but I love that it's uh, it's doing what what it's doing and I'm on like the last episode and I'm I'm like watching 10 minutes at a time and finding some excuse to stop it and you know, pursing it out. I, I like that about, about modern series watching. Who knew that we could watch 15 hours of a narrative and want more, you know, like- um, I know, right? Like Ozark and, you know, of course, Breaking Bad. It's just like, here's this like 50 hour movie <laughs> yeah. that we're all kind of privy to now. And, and the world is a better place with that kind of long form storytelling. I, I think it's amazing.
0: Yeah. And I, I liked it. Uh, and maybe you felt the same way too. When, when series will just release like one episode a week and it kind of almost is like nostalgic. It fucking makes you think of like the way it was when we were little kids, like my kids were like, what, why are they only releasing one a week? What is that? Yeah, I'm I'm got- like, That's the way all shows work.
1: Yeah. You had to wait. And then it made you think about it. And know, it's yeah. kind of cool. You can wait, you can wait the whole season and then binge watch it afterwards. But that no, takes a lot of discipline too. Who, if yeah, you who's, really who's, want
0: to watch. Nobody's got that kind of willpower. Like, come <laughs> on, that's not happening. All right, let's go to, go to Brian uh, Obadensky. Uh, Obi. He's a NASCAR, NASCAR driver. That's right. Huge fan of, of your band.
1: He had a logo on one of his cars for a year. That was awesome. That's right. One of our, one of our bright moments.
0: Yeah. He's been on the podcast as well. So uh, he's wondering what's your favorite IPA and which whiskey bourbon tops your list? Oh gosh. Um, is I an did, IPA going back to your buddy. What's that You're saying? The guy that was in the band with you before he's got the brewery. Now does, does he have yeah, one of your favorites?
1: I don't know. I, I, no, I couldn't say his, his stuff is my favorite. <laughs> I, I would go, I would go with a Los Angeles brewer. Um, uh, probably Highland park, uh, Highland park brewery, which is just, you know, like 20 minutes away from me is, uh, incredible. Totally mom and pop built it up. They've got two places now. They, they, uh, it's always just so fresh, you know, going to the brewers is, 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 kind of a, you know, it's a, it's like a, it's an ACE that you can throw that's going to totally. make everything taste better. Yeah. Um, what is it? The, oh, they've got, they've got so many, but, but that's one of the best things about touring nowadays is there's great breweries in every Everywhere. city pretty much, yeah. mean, especially if you look for them, but uh, out East in Boston, I mean, they've got Trillium, and, uh, and Treehouse, I believe. And it's just, it's insane how, how good it can be when you go right to the source. So uh, yeah, what is, I can't remember the Highland Park one. I've got one in the fridge. Um, it's like, I love, L- it's not, I love LA, but it's like, you know, it's, it's an LA beer mm. Highland Park that I would say is my favorite. It's, uh, it's not hazy, it's a uh, East Coast at 7%. Uh, it's got a little pine, it's got a little dank. It's
0: very citrusy. I'm not a Dr- drink a few of them and, and see what's up at, at 7%. Yeah. Every,
1: yeah. every night.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, whiskey, whiskey, bourbon, which one tops
1: whiskey bourbon. Oh, I just got a new one. Um, and I can't remember the name of it. And it's got like this key thing. It's like, if you collect all seven keys and come to the brewery, they'll, they'll, they'll give you some like secret hooch
0: Which or something.
1: That sounds like, you know, adventure time. Yeah. Totally. But I, I, um, what is it? It's like, oh, I'm gonna just be making up a name. But uh, back in the day, we used to me and SA when we were uh, on a bus together alone, which was nice. Uh, when we had three band buses, which was a little excessive, but wow. made it easy, easy to tour. It's like, Hey, you want to go on the road? You're like, yeah, yeah. yeah Department. <laughs> um, we would get Oban from uh, from Scotland uh, on the on the rider. And that that's an easy whiskey to find pretty much everywhere that's you know it's a home run every time yeah so there's probably better stuff out there and there's easily better stuff out there but for 40 50 bucks and you can find it it's it's a it's a good pickup it's good to have in your having your drawer
0: yeah you know um when i was doing radio here in vancouver at a a station called Sea fox i used to have the show called the rock report and it was basically like music news and band interviews and performances and that kind of thing. And uh there was one year, maybe a couple of years, where it was sponsored by Jim Beam. And they flew us down to Louisville, Kentucky to do the show from there from their fucking distillery. Uh, We're drinking Have you ever had bourbon rate right from the cask?
1: No, I have dude, not.
0: Dude. Yep. Someday. that's that's the way to fly.
1: Yeah, I bet. I've got yeah. I've got roots in in the in the area in Kentucky my mom my mom grew up there uh my grandfather on her side um ran the like the barrel division of the Seagram's distillery in in Louisville and was
0: uh was probably pretty good at it because he was an avid, avid yeah. drinker. <laughs> <laughs> probably pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Emma's got a tough question. I think this is going to be hard for you to answer.
1: But I want to do that. We should, we should, we we should do a barrel t- tasting in uh, either Vancouver or Los Angeles or Scotland. Down. I know you're in. Yeah. Well, they,
0: they also flew me out to, now I'm just going to feel like I'm bragging here, but they flew me out to the Jameson distillery in in, in Ireland. And I did my show St. Paddy's day, a couple years back to back, first class flights and everything. Ooh. Same thing, right from the cask, like fuck dude. It's that's the way to go. So that's Emma, so
1: cool. congratulations. It, yes. It's a, it's
0: uh, Emma wants to know, can you ask him what his favorite song is to play live?
1: Yeah, also another kind of tough question. It's one of those it's one of those questions that would probably change day to day to day. You right. know, it's not the favorite favorite doesn't really stick with me that often. I mean, I don't know i got lots of favorites
0: is is there a specific song you're like man that has got
1: to be in the set list it's it's a lot of songs so we've got 300 plus songs in our songbook now and i want to play as many as possible and honestly we're up to about 100 on this tour so i think we're doing pretty good as far as mixing up the set list and that's something that's really important to me something that's always been really important to me and yeah it it got it got to be more of a fight within the band as far as like you know what are are we doing how are we supposed to do this it's like just keep Keep, keep playing all the songs you know why not why wouldn't we, so we why wouldn't it.
0: You? you made them you recorded them why not
1: and we can play um, them better and better if we just stick to it but I'll say uh, I'll say sever is probably my favorite song to play because it does a little bit of everything um, it's it's chunky it's got you know Nick and essay are singing um they're 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 also kind of rapping on it it's got these syncopated parts that i came up with uh tim wales at the end it's kind of like an iron maiden moment for us in the band which was something that i i wanted to happen that i didn't think would ever fucking happen mm-hmm. and uh and chad just kills because chad's fucking chad so yeah. so yeah i think that's uh, sever is us on all on all cylinders if you will and yeah. uh, and flying high
0: uh sean says, hey, his real name is Aaron Wills, who nicknamed him Peanut?
1: Uh, my friend Boyd Cameron in Omaha, when we were, we were actually like in a garage band together, um, we, did a, we did a performance of Bauhaus. We did, a, I think we did Stigmata Martyr, which is a com- very dark song. And we played it for like the committee that was gonna decide whether or not we would be allowed in the uh, talent show. And this was the year before I, I made it on stage and we did great. We played the shit out of that song, but I think it was like the wrong choice. Like, you know, the public school wasn't into goth for some reason. I, I, don't, I don't know why, but oh uh, yeah, it didn't fly. But it was yeah. a lot of fun to play. And Boyd, Boyd's a huge influence in my life. And I miss that he's not more in it. And, uh, you know, the, it's like Stand By Me. It's like the kids that you have, the friends that you have when you're 10 or 12 are the best friends you'll ever have in your life. Yeah. He's, he's one of those guys.
0: How, how true is that? Yeah. Uh, Steve wants to know which sports do you like to watch and play?
1: I like to play. I'll, I'll play almost anything unless I'm getting hit super hard because that sucks. But <laughs> unless it's basketball because basketball does have lots of hits. I mean, basketball is my favorite anything as far as sport ball. Um, playing it is a lifelong, you know, whatever. W- want. You know whenever i get a chance and uh and i miss the guys that i play with we haven't been able to assemble uh since everything shut down right but uh but yeah i i love the lakers i've been a laker fan since um since magic johnson and first listening to the chili peppers i had a lot of influence in that and then um uh, you know the, just the the showtime team was so easy to like so that was just kind of like it's like stamped into my head
0: um mm-hmm. uh,
1: and my mom is my mom will watch anything. My mom will watch High Lie. She'll watch Tiddlywinks. She'll if there was competitive paint drying watching, she would she would watch that, you know, and I and I love that about her. She loves competition. She's just all, all about it, all about seeing that, you know, the who gets the edge up, who gets the edge over. Yeah. Um at least lately I've been getting really into uh, F one uh, racing. Oh unbelievable you know the netflix door opening of drive to survive that series was really great to to like kind of know the 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 men driving the machines and then the team behind them and the situation here and there and all these dramatics that just happen in, in real life especially when there's billions of dollars floating around is just it's it's incredible what those what those guys pull off and i love lewis hamilton what a fucking badass i want to shake that hand
0: oh yeah yeah i've met a couple of those guys i met patrick Carpentier, uh alex tagliani i think his last name is good fucking good dudes man yeah
1: god what discipline they have like dude and
0: and like nerves of steel too right like think of the speeds that these guys are going it's insane insane Yeah.
1: yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't want anyone that i know personally to be doing that so it's fun to watch from the sidelines because it is such a i mean it's just it's a fucking kick in the groin you know it's just <laughs> totally. and, and it's a gut
0: clench for oh yeah man.
1: 90 minutes and i love the broadcast I, you know it, it's incredible like watching the show and learning the people and all that you know netflix format is is interesting and that was like i said that's how i got introduced to it but then watching it like on if it's sky sports or espn you know they're they're just channeling it in getting yelled at by these english guys about every turn and every move all all up and down the track i love it's 24 drivers like God, this is great so much fun so yeah that's been my new obsession as far as sports and yeah i don't, I don't think it'll ever wane
0: yeah i want to cool. see
1: it in person now i want yeah. to take to
0: the next level yeah you know the uh the Indy 500 would come to Vancouver. Wow! And uh, my uncle had a, a, a apartment complex that was like right there. You could look down and just see everything, and it was just the coolest, man. Just best, the coolest.
1: Best. Oh, yeah. cool?
0: Yeah. Okay. Alan wants to know how did the T and P combo song come about, and talk about the writing process.
1: Oh yeah, I saw that. It was great that I got to think about that beforehand. I mean, I, I probably would have came up with the same answer if I hadn't, even, you know, been prompted by the question. Uh, yesterday but yeah yeah I got to thinking about it it's cool cool to think about yeah I mean we were we weren't living together anymore we had moved moved you know into separate places but we were around each other a lot and we were writing a lot and we were touring a ton you know before, that was like that was written in maybe late 94 early 95 you can see us playing it before the album came out in summer of 95 so it it had to be written in 94 and i love that about like the the early days of the band w- where we would write something and we would play something brand new for an audience that had never no chance of ever hearing it and rock the shit out of them you know like you ain't heard this before but i know you're going to fucking like it that and that kind and of they pull- talk
0: about a great like a great litmus test like you can you can find out right now does this song do, do people like it
1: yes yeah it, it it was that it's that power of being in your early twenties and that boldness, you know, like, you know, the rules, but you know how to break them too. And, you know, you're just riding the wave of this, this collective group. It, it was, it was just amazing. But, but yeah, we just, we just sat down and worked it out. Honestly, I, I think my, the, the first riff is mine. Uh, the second riff is Tim's. Um, the third riff is mine. And then the, and then the chorus is, is his, the Yeah. We, we just sat down and hashed it out. I, I think I played the first riff for him and then it was like, what else? You know, what what do you got? And, and he had it already. It was it was something he had already written. We we were just pushing things together, kind of a lot like Homebrew, the way Homebrew came out, and uh, and a few other songs. Just like, you know, sometimes it's not okay to force things, and then some things sometimes things just work, you know. And you can think that it's forcing it because it already existed, you know, autonomously. But mm-hmm. but music is music wants to mesh you know and it's how how open of a mind do you have to letting that process happen and it was it was just puzzles puzzle pieces fitting together it's like oh that that fucking works mm-hmm. so we just you know we played it a bunch of times and we were being egged on by Chad and Nick for sure like they were like oh yeah that's awesome you know as as them being the principal writers it's good to have them you know help helping us make sense out of you know what we don't you know i don't know pull off as, as often as they mm-hmm. do. So it was, it was a good like confidence builder in that way internally and externally, like by bringing it to the stage early and, uh, and yeah, so it ended up being a great song on a yeah. fantastic album.
0: Yeah, totally. Uh, Mark wants to know, is he a Marvel or DC guy? Oh, uh, it's easy.
1: It's easy.
0: I've
1: had the, I've had this Punisher symbol on me since 93. Nice. Yeah. So, so the the conservative <laughs> yahoo's that want to take it over there you go they, they better know that this progressive has been a punisher fan for way longer nice yeah it was and i've got i've got a bunch of bunch of comics too i've got like a a box full of stuff that you yeah, know every same. once in a while i see how it's not really Earned much money. <laughs> so <maybe someday.
0: laughs> I, I know, right? I, like I, I, as a kid, you're like, "Fuck, I'm gonna be so fucking rich!" Woo, woo. and I love it. You know, it yeah, blood and guts and money. Woo! Yeah. So, w- w- did you like the Punisher uh, series on Netflix? Yes, that it's was good, the right? first
1: time they got it right. I, I was yeah, always, same. I was always of the mind that they were never going to be able to pull it off unless it was like animated to like kind of do the just do the gnarly as, yeah. as gnarly as it needed to be done.
0: Like, especially so, the, the, that, was it six issue, the limited, uh, the limited series, six issue, uh, Punisher Punisher comic book as a kid. Like fuck right. dude that was violent, man. It was for six. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's what got me started. Uh, a friend of mine that was a neighbor, uh, had a, had a poster up and was a comic book freak and, uh, yeah, I don't I think he I think he gave it to me when I moved. And then when I when I uh got to LA, I started picking up comics just out of boredom more or anything. I you know, some you could buy for a couple yeah. of Yeah, yeah. And get a collection. And uh and you had to wait for new ones to come out too, you know. That was that was kind of awesome. And uh yeah, it just came like a little minor obsession. And it was really it was so much, you know, like about the stories and the art. You know, it's just some, just amazing kind of world to fall into. But yeah, I've always been more Marvel. But I think my my favorite comic book is a DC comic called. Uh, um, it was like it was the Arkham Asylum um, by oh. Batman. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's it was a thick graphic novel where uh, Batman goes into the asylum, and I, I think he gets you know he does mushrooms and runs into all the you know all the enemies, and it's just he ends up like walking out with the Joker arm in arm. As they've kind of reconciled they're they're not that reconciled but they they understand that they need each other i and i love that dynamic with batman and joker so yeah there's a, there's enough for both but uh yeah marvel gets the edge up on me although that batman comic kind of changed my life you know that that art was it was kind of a it's like photographic and and drawn kind of mixed medium style and then you know throwing yes. in those hallucinogens and that you know that that conflict kind of resolved it's like god you had me it had me a, you had me a fucking page one
0: yeah and uh i got the uh if you haven't read this one i got the batman hush Uh graphic novel Uh uh-huh dude write Uh that down man you're gonna love this one it is freaking amazing cool batman hush Uh, which which superpower would you want to have
1: oh i'd want to fly i mean invisibility is so creepy (laughs) (laughs) totally yeah, you can't say that. You can't even be allowed, even if you, even if that's what you want to do. You
0: can't say it anymore. Can't say it out loud.
1: Yeah, uh, and I don't know if I'd want that, um, but I, I'm sure I could find some practical use, uses for it. But oh yeah, yeah, flying would flying would be so cool. I'm so jealous of birds, and I think that's why uh, you know, uh, you know, I don't know. I've al- I've always I've always thought that was a that would be a cool existence you know, up in the trees.
0: Yeah, yeah. Funny. Son named Falcon. My, my kid's always saying that too. Le- uh, Levi, my youngest. Uh, TJ wants to know is there a timeline for a new album or a follow-up to Voyager?
1: Uh, not just yet um, we're, we're getting those getting those you know mechanisms moving slowly but surely mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's been difficult. a fucking
0: weird like year and a half
1: yeah it's kind of hard to hard to just kick back in uh, I don't know if it, how authentic it would be uh, I think we were a little disappointed with Voyager I think it needed to stay in the oven for about six months longer and be released you know that much later Um, not that it's flawed inherently i think it was just rushed you know so i think i'm i'm still recovering from that band-aid being ripped off uh, Mm -hmm. at least in a little bit of a way but me and nick have written a little bit um, we're on a bus together now, me and, me and essay and Nick are on a bus together. I thought we would have written more on this tour, but you know, at least we didn't drive each other crazy. So, so mission accomplished, but yeah, it, it's that's a win. Of, <laughs> yeah. It's total win. We're making our way to it. We're in no big rush. Like I said, you know, this will be our 14th album. So I, wow. we really want it. Yeah. Anything that comes out, we want it to be really, really good. There's no reason to rush out some,
0: some bullshit. Yeah. 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 Uh, Chris has a tough one for you. I will, we'll wrap this up here pretty quick here too, as well. Cool uh chris wants to know top three favorite bands you've seen live oh god that's tough that's hard that's super super fucking
1: tough yeah Um, that's hard tom waits is probably my favorite concert uh i saw tom waits in 99 at the wiltern here in los angeles oh nice um which was it was absolutely like it was production like god I, i don't even know how to describe it it was so minimalist that there was nothing on the stage right it was that it was kind of that era it was the first time i'd ever really seen that and there was just this huge like screen behind him but it wasn't you know like a, a screen nowadays it was it was just like a you know a, a white screen that the ld would just put you know red you know just be red or just be blue it was these huge color swaths that mm-hmm. they would throw out so you wouldn't really be distracted but the mood would change so much you know it wasn't like you know keep things going because you know we need some excitement this is supposed to be exciting yeah like no you're supposed to kind of like fall down the tunnel in a Tom Waits show
0: yeah and And isn't that incredible like that a that a color will change the atmosphere and the mood like it's that's cool man
1: yeah it was it was incredible um that first Chili Peppers show yeah uh, for sure was amazing and uh the most the last show i saw before um the world stopped um was tool oh nice uh, and that was fucking i mean incredible
0: justin is a fucking stud
1: oh god yeah i mean it was it's so it almost comes off as it's like close to effortless for them although it's so complex like they're they're like carving a diamond on stage you know yeah. All little, all these little cuts. You know, they know exactly what to do. All these shapes that they're they're throwing around. And speaking of art and experience, and you know, just having having the audience in the palm of their hand of twenty thousand people. You know, it's like. And then night after night and and how abstract it is and time signature just you know whatever we'll do whatever the fuck we want drum solo those you know 10 (laughs) minutes long that could have been 20 minutes long is danny danny blows my mind you know that whole band is 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 incredible but yeah the rhythm section the engine room is uh is we're we're lucky to be alive to to witness that that is it's, it's a v12 yeah for real
0: yeah i think my last show before the pandemic was uh i think it was queens of the stone age
1: cool i saw Very them open band. up for ween
0: oh, yeah, way.
1: I should,
0: yeah wow
1: saw them open up for ween at spaceland at, you know out here in northeast los angeles and ween would definitely be in that top list of, of bands that i've seen and that's the band that i've seen the most ween. i've probably seen them like maybe eight or ten times yeah and they always put on the the most fucking rocking show
0: yeah uh, if you haven't seen them you need to see them
1: and that goes for all of you motherfuckers.
0: <laughs> all right. You know, I'm going to wrap it up here. One last question for you. Thank you again for doing this.
1: Oh yeah. Happy. happy.
0: Do, do you have a near death story where Ooh. you're like, holy, holy crap, man. I could have, I, I should have died there.
1: God, I mean, I've been woken up so many times with the like brakes being locked up on the bus thinking that I'm going to die like the, to the hundreds of times that that's happened. I can't kind of let that go. Yeah, um, and that and that's it's troubling because it doesn't really. There's nothing you can do about it.
0: Yeah, you know? a, a lot of uh, a lot of touring bands will say like, "Oh yeah, man, driving across Canada in the fucking winter time is just treacherous, right? Like white knuckling it through every single because, t- of course, it's like between each big city in Canada, it's not like the states, right? It's like five hour drive, eight hour drive.
1: Yeah, it's huge all huge like drives, West Coast. man. Right. Yeah. It's all just huge spaces and it should be, you know, we need it like that, but yeah, there's a reason why we don't tour really that much in the winter we used to here and there. And we, I remember running into bands like the Cadillac tramps and they would say that they loved touring in the winter because it was so much easier, like going outside after a show when it's cold and you're hot, hot as fuck to, you know, cool down. Like, God, what a, what a, what a great way to think about it. I totally disagree. and it's
0: more wrong but it's a great way to think about it
1: yeah but yeah that's great hey good for you um (laughs) what's the question
0: (laughs) oh oh near death
1: oh yeah near death um yeah i don't know not not that much outside of out of that i mean yeah had some close calls in cars um but yeah nothing 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 really too too bad i mean i'm pretty uh I'm pretty good at self-preservation. So uh, <laughs> I think, I think that's why I've kind of avoided that. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I don't, I don't really, yeah. Oh, they, I
0: they would be screaming at you. If you had a story, you'd would be, you'd, you'd know it. Awesome. Peanut. Thank you again for doing this. It's been too long. Big, big fan of your band for like, since the get go, uh, you're super easy to find online at peanut on Twitter. What are you on Instagram?
1: I'm Aaron underscore Wills.
0: Your, your actual name. Yes. Awesome. Okay, cool. I guess we'll, uh, we'll see you online.
1: Cool. Thanks, for, thanks uh, for the invite. I really appreciate it. Sorry I was playing hard to get.
0: The Toddcast Podcast on ToddHancock.ca.